Welcome everybody to our another episode of Headspace where we manifest our inabilities to have social interaction in real life and manifest them into a podcast. Um, today we are joined by two of our hosts. Um, we have Muhammad Gandhi sympathizer Seth James. Go ahead, say hello. Uh, howdy doodly, everybody. And then we have myself, um, a Sun Tzu activist, uh, Joseph Collins. Hello, everybody. Um, sadly, our third guest, um, Ethan McCullough, has sadly passed away at the age of uh, 19 due to uh, not staying strapped and getting clapped. So, What a tragedy. Um, yeah, hopefully this week we will um, bring him back through the powers of the Necronomicon, uh, like I have with... Um, pop star sensation michael jackson he currently lives in my attic awesome um yep so yeah uh, uh getting started uh, i i i do want to ask <clears throat> uh are you calling in from like the surface of mars because your audio is rather choppy today my friend it is it is well, I am currently in Poland right now, so... Okay, that, that would make sense. Yep, yep. Um, so, yeah, uh, starting off with today's first topic, waffles. Now, I have the waffle Wikipedia up and going, and I'm just, you know, going to, you know, talk about waffles. It's, it's history, and, and you're going to pretty much tell me whether or not you believe that's true or not. We're going to do a Wikipedia fact or fiction based off of your your opinions uh all right so all right so starting off with um the history and medieval origins so it says in ancient times the greeks cooked flat cakes called obuluses between metal uh, hot metal plates didn't happen um they were i'm just gonna say it now it didn't happen don't, i don't think that happened no um why do you not believe so so okay if you take for example the modern day waffle maker right there's no way that those guys had anything even remotely similar to a waffle maker they didn't have wall outlets they couldn't do it it's not possible yep um so yeah it said that they were uh, they were known as waff and uh, waff waffers and they were cooked over an open fire because, you know, they didn't have, um, you know, modern day technology because Greeks were, you know, inept at that um, with long handles. So, oh, wow. You know, so they couldn't burn themselves. Isn't, that's pretty yep. cool. And then it says waffle. Yeah, it says waffles are then preceded in the early Middle Ages around the period of the 9th to 10th centuries with the simultaneous emergence of uh, the communion waffers, irons. Um, now, there's a difference between communion waffers and waffle and waffles, um, because the communion waffers irons typically depicted imagery of Jesus and his crucifixion, feature more trivial biblical scenes or simple emblematic designs. Um, okay, well now and, you've now you've brought up an interesting question: Do we consider a wafer to be a waffle? That's that's what you've gotten into now. And I, for one, I don't well, think this, they are. 
well, I think waffles are just more, you know, expanded wafers. But they're they're really not wafers. Yes, but they're really not like like if you eat a wafer, you're like, wow, that's that's kind of crunchy and weird, and it kind of doesn't taste that great. If you eat a waffle, it's like, okay, this is a better pancake. That's what it is. Well, at that point, is a waffle a better pancake? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. How? Pancakes are objectively worse than waffles. uh, For Yes, they are. For a slew of reasons. Number one, waffle makers exist, and it just, it trivializes the entire process. It's so easy to make a waffle. Um, Along with that, waffles have a better crunch to them because that outer the outer shell is more baked uh and then also it's got all those little pockets in it you know what that holds that holds all the toppings and things you put on them but the the thing is that waffles in its own sense without you know adding toppings or anything it, it's really just bland and you, you brought up the the crunchiness of waffles i don't like the crunchiness of waffles if i'm eating a you know breakfast at like ihop or anything like that i don't want my food to be crunchy i want my food to you know be soft easy on the mouth because that's what breakfast is it's the first meal of the day you know you're just waking up you're not wanting to you know eat hard crunchy things because then that just ruins preferably my day um might not for you uh that's why i prefer pancakes it doesn't because you know they're soft you really you really can't mess up pancakes you can burn them but you can't make them hard i've never had a hard pancake okay no burning a pancake objectively is messing up a pancake and also i don't want to hear this no crunch for breakfast shit because i like uh for example this morning uh, I ate a bag of flaming hot Cool Ranch Doritos as my breakfast because that's just the way I'm living right now. Yeah, you're in college. You don't have, you know, the ability to, you know, make waffles and make pancakes and stuff like that. So you are thrown into a situation where you do indeed have to make that um, the flaming hot Cool Ranch Doritos thing for breakfast i mean i don't i don't know man i think it, uh, like objectively it was not that bad though like i would do it again i'm not gonna lie to you the only thing that i have had for breakfast was um about a sip of twist up lemon lime soda uh, off brand uh, because i finished it from yesterday so yeah that's currently that's, what i've had for breakfast that's disgusting you can't finish one serving of soda in one sitting. I I thought I finished it yesterday. Turns out I didn't. So finish. It I can't today. stand people like that. If um, you open a drink and you start drinking it, just finish it. Don't put it in the fridge. Don't leave it sitting somewhere. Just drink it. If you get tired of drinking it, chug the rest of it. Uh, you're not my boss, so I'll continue with the waffle Wikipedia. Um, in the late 14th century, the first known waffle recipe was penned in an anonymous manuscript um, titled, I'm going to butcher this because it's in uh, French, um, Le Ménagier de Paris, 
written by a husband as a set of instructions to his young wife. While it technically contains four recipes, all all are a variation of the first. Beat some eggs into a bowl, season with salt, and add wine. Toss in some flour and mix. Then fill little by little, two irons at a time, with as much of the paste as a slice of cheese is large. Then close the iron and cook both sides. If the dough does not detach easily from the iron, coat it first with a piece of cloth that has been soaked in oil or grease. The other three variations explain how cheese is to be placed in between two layers of batter, grated and mixed in to the batter, or left out along with the eggs. At that point, uh-huh. it just seems like they're just trying to cook the grilled this cheese is, Yeah, it, it kind of it doesn't seem like a waffle, uh, and I don't think it is a waffle. It's still not a waffle. Waffles did not exist until the waffle maker existed, and I don't know when the waffle maker ex- was made, so let me keep it real. Yeah, well, we'll find that out in this Wikipedia page. Um, by the 16th century, paintings by Joachim de Bucalet, Peter Ertzen, and Peter Bruegel clearly depicted the modern waffle. Uh, nope. I, f- I found it. Cornelius Swartwout. He made the waffle maker in 1869. So there goes your suspense. Ah. Uh, you have ruined it yet again. I have um, ruined it yet again. Yep. Uh, alternately attributed to the 16th and 17th centuries, Groot Waffelen from the Belgian Ein Antwerp's cookbook was published at, as the first recipe to use leavening beer yeast. It seems like they tried adding, you know, drinks into every single thing that they have tried to make. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, by the mid-16th century, there were signs of waffles mounting French popularity. Waffles unironically went to French nobility. His successor, Charles the that's the ninth enacted the first waffle leg legislation in 1560 in response to a series of quarrels and fights that have been breaking out between the obulaires they were required to be no less than four yards from one another ain't that some shit yeah they what <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of weird, wacky laws from olden times, you know? That's not the first of which to be like that. I mean, like, um, there's, like, weird laws in the United States, too. I know it's illegal to chew gum in one state, but it's never enforced or some shit like that. Yeah. um, In the state of Tennessee, it is legal uh, to fuck a goat. You're lying. Nope, you can look That's it up. not true. I I find that unbelievably hard to believe. I have a friend in Tennessee. Oh yeah. I bet you do. Actually actually, actually two friends. One that I met in the army and then one that moved there. Um Yep. Um 
And then by the early 20th century, waffle recipes became rare in recipe books and only 29 professional waffle craftsmen, the obulaires, remained in Paris. People were given the name, uh, the title professional waffle craftsman. What? I mean, that does, that's not that, that's not that surprising. I mean, like, the, you know, it's just a chef at that point who specializes in one thing. Yeah. But why does it even require a title? Because it's like a, okay, how the fuck else are you going to be able to find who makes the waffles in your town? The, the baker's not going to be able to do it. No, they didn't have they didn't have waffle makers, and I, this is why I'm getting back to this. Waffle makers and the invention of the waffle maker is when waffles truly, really existed. All this, you know, all this uh, right prior to it, all this waffle royalty and waffles being made between two irons. No, that was not a thing. It's stupid. It's dumb. That's the precursor to the waffle. That is not the waffle. Now, in terms of the naming of waffles, um, several countries have named it differently. Like we have the Belgian waffles, you know, comes from Belgium. Yeah, it's a pretty um, standard we waffle. Have the American waffles. It's also a pretty standard waffle. And then we have in Hong Kong, they called it a grid cake or grid biscuits. Yeah. Um, Pandan waffles originate from Vietnam. The croffle, a compound word of croissant and waffle. On the internet, jokes about the greatest invention of the COVID-19 age spread. The chewy taste of the waffle makes it fun to eat them like a croissant. That, that is insane. Mm. That's crazy. You know what else is crazy? The what? fact that um, Ramstein is quitting. Isn't that a thing? The band okay. Ramstein, they're done. Um, um, so many of our listeners have not heard of Ramstein, so I'll give them a brief a little explanation of what Ramstein is. Ramstein is a German metal band um, that took the name Ramstein, uh, spelled with one M. Um, Ramstein is a place in Germany and a uh, U.S. airport, um, and they added one extra M to it. One so extra M to it, yeah. Ramstein name. It's insane. Um, what a what a creative name. Form, yep. Yep. They formed as the band in um, nineteen eighty nine. That's when their first um, they managed to escape to West Berlin, as most of them were during that um, East Germany and West Germany, and they most of them were all in East Germany, and. So they all formed this band, um, and they have proceeded to be one of the biggest uh, metal names of all time, as their uh, live concerts are heavily pyrotechnic, as they all are all certified pyrotechnics. 
um, and a lot of controversy also, as most of their songs have to deal with very controversial yeah. topics. They're they're like a little the quirky and title. weird. Yep, their song "Mind Title," uh, which translates to "My Part," um, is about a German cannibal who went on to pretty much what the the German equivalent of Craigslist um, to you know find somebody to eat. Everybody knows that and story. Proceeded... That's a that's a pretty popular yep, one. And he it's pre- a good one. Yeah, and he proceeded to eat uh, the guy while. He was bleeding out in the bathtub, and he read Star Trek comics. So, uh, but yeah, their latest album, Zeit, which means time, just released um, a couple days ago, and their final song on the album is called Adieu, which is French for goodbye. And a lot of people are claiming that that's you know their farewell song, or theoretically in terms of if you would consider this album a concept album, it's the ending to the man's life and um, that he's just pretty much saying goodbye to the world. I'm, so, I'm going to choose to believe that it's the end of the band because that makes me happier. Um, Ramstein kind of, ha- they, ha- they have some good songs. They have a couple bangers. The rest of it is kind of not that great. I'm not going to lie to you. It's not that good. They have like three I mean, yeah, good songs, have- and then the rest of it's like, okay, I see what they're doing here, but I don't want to listen to this. Yeah, I mean, they have some bangers like um, the song that appeared in um, The Matrix, Du Hast, which means you have. Um, some of their bangers, Angle. I don't know what Angle means. Um, and then, you know, they got Mind Tile, Muta. Mother, um, Hilfmir, Help Me, Zestorin, Destroyin. So yeah, I mean, they have quite a few bangers. I hope that this is not their last album. Um, however, they are in their mid-50s to late six and early 60s. So It um, definitely would be fitting yeah. for this to be the end, with that being the case. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be fitting. It'd be a very big loss to um, my life if they ended and I won't hear any new music from them but yeah I mean it's it's a it's a thing that you know everybody goes through people get too old they can't do it anymore so <laughs> Slipknot <laughs> I don't even want to talk about Slipknot at this point they are be beyond the point where I'm just not going to listen to any well, stuff anymore. Okay, well, it, their newest single was not that bad. Uh, but you know, this is a metal is a niche genre, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take us segue to somewhere kind of cool here, somewhere kind of spooky, somewhere kind of awesome. Uh, a little game called Warframe. If you've ever heard of it, Joe. <laughs> uh, I have just recently. I I took it upon myself. I was thinking to myself. I was like. I want to play an MMO. And I was like, but I don't really like MMOs all that much. So you know what I started playing? I started playing Warframe. And by golly, it is the most fun I've had with a game in quite a while. Warframe is absolutely one of the worst MMOs you can even pick. Um, even 
there are countless other MMOs that you can play. You have RuneScape, which is, you know, back at its, I wouldn't say at its peak, because, you know, it'll never get to that early 2000s peak. Well, I mean, yeah, they've, they've made a resurgence was... at the very least. Yes. Yes. Um, you have World of Warcraft. Why would you play which, that? Uh, because, uh, I'm not saying, but it's better than uh, Warframe, because Warframe has quite literally taken everything that people have hated about Destiny and Borderlands and put it together with okay. some... No, um, what? Futuristic. How? 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 In any way is that true? Warframe is one of the grindiest games I've ever played, and it's just quite boring. Okay, it's grindy. Yes, it's grindy, and there is objectives. It's grindy, but it's fun grindy. How? Because the gameplay is some of the best gameplay you will ever have in any game ever. Okay? It's it's better than Halo's combat. Oh, that's oh, you it's have better than Halo's combat. You have quite literally stricken a nerve. You you put, uh, you know, Halo's like you, oh we're gonna go all slow and we're gonna we're gonna destroy the covenant by just being real slow and you know taking it one step at a time. No, Warframe, you know you're on one side of the world and then you just you're on the other side of the world because you're that fast it's so fast it's insane you just bullet jump everywhere there's slow-mo falling it's like playing the matrix in space with ninjas it's awesome but the matrix is more complex well yeah but okay that's the other thing about warframe it doesn't need a plot there's a plot there but do you really care? No, it's just an excuse to play the game. But then why even play the game when you're literally ignoring half of the things that you need to do and you're just grinding gear? Oh, I got this, you know, new katana that, you know, can deal, you know, poison damage and stuff like that. I'm going to be an absolute monster now and the game doesn't really increase in difficulty as I progress through the game. You're dumb. So then it just... How? I have to say, you are stupid. The game progresses in difficulty it's... extremely well. You can always find something I... challenging if you want to find something challenging. Yeah, if you want to. But then it's like completely negating the ability or negating the want to increase because, A, I just can go to this one place and not have to worry about anything hard whatsoever. Yeah, but that's boring and, and lame. Then, Why would you do that to yourself? For the grind? No, fast, it's just, it's okay. Know, that same argument applies to every video game ever. Like Halo, you could apply that argument. You could play Halo on the easiest difficulty, but why would you? Because it's boring that way. Well, if you're in, you're playing Halo for the story, you're not playing it for difficulty. I mean, sure, after you know you beat the game and everything, then you'll be like, okay, let me do a, a Halo 2 legendary run with all skulls on. 
lasso run. Okay. And then you're regretting life halfway through a quarter of the way through mission one. That's fair. However, I will counter with uh, Halo Infinite. I'm not playing that for the story. Quite frankly, I don't even know what the story is. I have not been paying attention to it. You know why I'm playing it? Because I can grapple hook around the world and just destroy everything from midair. And it's fun to do. It's awesome. I don't care about a story. If I want to know a story, I will watch a movie or watch a TV show. Let me go ahead and give you the brief um, story outline for Halo um, yeah, okay. Infinite. You do that. So pretty much, yep, uh, Atriox, which is the leader of the Banished, um, invades and captures and destroys um, USS Infinity that Master Chief was on. Yeah. And uh, they get onto installa- installation... And no, Zeta Halo. It's Zeta Halo. And, you know, he drops down, finds all these, uh, the Banished, which is this his first time attack- uh, killing the Banished because they were introduced in Halo Wars 2. Uh-huh. And he, he is trying to stop Atriox, or actually not stop Atriox, stop Eshram, which is a war leader for Atriox, to, uh, from activating Zeta Halo and rebuilding uh-huh. it because if anybody knows, um, Halo rings are a mass weapon that if one is activated, it can pretty much wipe away all living sentient beings and living creatures yeah. um, from a certain point in the galaxy. And the Forerunners created them um, to wipe away the Flood in the Flood Forerunner Wars. Um, and you know, he starts discovering more and more things on Zeta Halo. Uh, the Endless, which is going to be a new a mystery enemy, a type of enemy in the game. Nobody really knows what the Endless are. They haven't been explained in any books. This is the first time the Endless has ever been um, introduced. So everybody is wondering what the hell the Endless are. And so, yeah. That's so cool. It's That's yeah, awesome. Very, very but... cool. Uh, does it really matter? Like, let's 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 be real here. If you give me a game and the game is fun, I don't really care what the story is. And a good example is uh, let's take Doom for example. The plot of Doom is you're on Mars. There's demons. Kill them all. That's the entire plot. And you know why the game was successful? Because it was fun. Not because it had an intriguing story. Not because it had these cool characters. Nobody gives a singular flying F brick heck about the Doom story. Not even the new games have a good story. It's just kill demons because it's fun. Halo, it's like, oh my, okay, now we're going to go and we're going to destroy Atriox. And there's these guys called the Endless, and we don't really know who they are yet, so we got to figure that out. Oh my gosh, oh wow, Master Chief is back. <laughs> it's lame. It's, it's, it's pathetic, even. See, the, the only, uh, the, that comment was riddled with bias. Uh, it was not, fact, though. It's like, you paint. You painted Doom as this all-seeing, 
god of the video game. And sure, it, it's it it was good for its time, you know, back in the nineties. You know, when it's good um, now, games what really for being yeah, because it's it's taken everything that the original Doom was and just revamped it into modern time. That's quite literally all it is. It still has the same gameplay loop like it's always had. Yeah, but and that's just running around and just shooting demons and hoping you know you get a cool little uh, finisher by you know like putting your arm through the demon's eyes and its head and just you know ripping its guts out. And sure, that's fun. You know, you have the uh, violence adrenaline going for you, but it doesn't add anything. Especially the new. The no, new. it doesn't add anything, but it's cool. That's that's reason enough to put it in. Hotline Miami is another great but example we, of that. It doesn't need to be gratuitously violent, but it is. You know why? Because it's kind of cool. No, because it fits the aesthetic of Hotline Miami. It's not, though. Anything having to do with Miami, whether it be Miami Vice... Um, or you know, Hotline Miami, everything is grotesque because it fits the 1980s theme. Yeah, the, yeah. Miami was in the 80s, right? It sure was. Yeah, and you know, in real life, Miami was a pretty much 1980s Detroit. Everything was happening in Miami, whether it be you know strippers. Um, violence drugs stuff like that all the vices of the world exactly and video games have tend to you know intensify the violence of you know real places um like gta did with their version of yeah gta mirrors a real place every game i'm pretty sure it's like their whole thing Yeah. yeah Yeah, I think Los Santos is somewhere in California. Well, Los Santos is based off of Los Angeles, I'm pretty sure. I'm not completely sure on that, because I never really played GTA V. (laughs) That's another one of those games. And you do this all the time, where you'll buy a game and then just not play it. Like three off the top of my head. GTA V, Elden Ring, and Dying Light. Two, you like you bought them and then just played like thirty minutes of each of those games. Okay, so with GTA Five, I wasn't really given the ability to play campaign. I bought it because you guys needed help on the Doomsday Heist, um, and so I was thrown right into multiplayer. Yeah, having no experience on any GTAs at all ever, and you're like. Help us with this. And we first tried it, which is crazy because I was a low level, lowly level one helping you guys do this strange heist that I don't even know what it was. I, we were just. I don't know what it was either. Doing so. And then we were like, okay, now that we're done with it, um, let's just run around, cosplay as people, and you know, get get bombarded by people who are having uh, flying motorcycles. Okay. And that really ruined the experience. 
GTA for I, me, and I have not been able to forgive the game um, to even warrant me playing the campaign. That one's understandable, but Dying Light 2, out of all of those, is not understandable at all, because you, you played the game for like 30 minutes, and you bought it for $60 on release. What was the point of that? Um, so I started playing Dying Light 2 because, um, you know, I liked Dying Light 1. I never really finished it, but I got enough of it to know, hey, Dying Light 2 is probably going to be really fun. And I started playing it. And I'm like, okay, time to go to bed. Went to bed, and then the next week, I'm like, okay, let me play War Game. Get good at War Game or a Dragon. And so that's what I did. Same thing with Elden Ring. I put about nine hours into it. You know, I've never really been into the Dark Souls-esque games ever. Uh, Elden Ring was the first one that I tried getting into. Because, uh, you know, it's, it's open world and stuff. And that's one of the things I hated about Dark Souls was that it was so linear that you couldn't progress unless you got really good at the game. That's, that's a fair and, argument, I guess. Fair enough. And you would get to the point where, like, you're so stuck in this one place because you fucked yourself and now it's like hey i can't defeat this boss but i can't go back or else you know i'll get fucked by the standard enemies and elden ring fixed that for me because i just can go around them with the horse and i played it for about nine hours or so and then i was like okay let me get good at war game and so I proceeded to try and get good at War Game. Didn't yeah. happen because War Game is a very, very, very hard game. Well, it's also probably not that good because it's an RTS, and you know, strategy games are probably the worst genre of games. For being realistic here, uh, that's funny. Puzzle games. Puzzle ga- what are you? Are, puzzle games are worse. Portal Two yes. is maybe one of the best games ever made. I was thinking more of like Peggle. Okay, uh, Peggle is more fun than War Game. I'm dead serious. And you could technically, you could technically say that Portal is more of a strategy game. Portal is not a strategy game. Are you insane? It's a strategy puzzle. No, game. it is a. You have to have. Okay, strategy. that's funny. Okay, so by that logic, Modern Warfare Two is a strategy game. How? Because you have to have strategy to get through the levels or some bullshit like that. No, the game is so easy that you just can mindlessly play through the yeah, game. Yeah, if you play it on the easiest difficulties, you know, if you crank up difficulty to max, you gotta think a little more. That's with any shooter. Yeah, but okay, but still, by your logic, it would be a strategy game then. You know? No. What what defines a because strategy you'll, game? You'll get... You know? What is it that defines um... it? Is it the micromanagement of little people on a field, is that what defines it? That's one of the reasons. Because um, if, Let's see what Google If that's the case, strategy. then Black Ops is a strategy game. I think it was Black Ops, right? Black Ops had the, the, the thing where you controlled the little dudes and you sent them around. Black yeah, Ops Black 2. Ops 2. That one. Yeah. I hated that um, game mode. So the word, the word strategy was used in this case to refer to any game that primarily needs cognitive skills. So yeah, um, a strategy game. 
The strategic game is a game in which the player's uncoerced and often autonomous, eh, autonomous decision-making skills have a high significance in, inter- in determining the outcome. Okay, fine. I will, I will give you that portal, I guess, by that loose definition. Portal can kind of be considered a strategy game. But if we're going to do that, yes, because then every game is a honestly, strategy game. Honestly, the first run of Portal 2 would be a strategy game because you don't know it. You need to have strategy in order to know how to solve the puzzles and stuff, you know. You know, shoot this portal over here and hopefully it, you know, goes to this other place that, you know, then you can get the ball or the cube into this little position that opens up the door. But yeah. any other playthrough after portal, after the first run, is literally just remembering. Well, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't put it that lightly. You know, you forget some stuff to it. There's a reason I've replayed Portal 2 oh, yeah. 20 times. Yeah, because now you know quite literally every single little caveat of Portal 2. Yeah, and it's awesome. You know, you can probably, honestly, at this point, speedrun it. I, I've tried. I've tried. Uh, I've, I have some of the strategies down. I just have to get some of the movement better and some of the glitches I can't pull off. And, but... Yeah, and honestly, the problem with Portal 2 is that it requires a high-end PC because then the frame rates and that type of stuff um you know gets and you know allows you to do some of the glitches with the picture frames and stuff like that yeah pc is probably the best place for speed running uh it not even probably it just it is the best place for speed running if you're going to do speed running you kind of have to do it on pc anything else is not going to work out that well mm-hmm. unless it's like old games but even then you can just emulate Exactly, like uh, House of Caravan. So to sum that up, you PC. know, PC is the greatest thing for gaming. Oh yeah, quite, quite literally. Be, I mean, consoles have you know their little caveat too. It's like, oh, I can well, yeah, take this to you know my friend's house and you know hook up over there and play. But with it's, a PC, you can't do that. It's the argument of uh, Apple versus Android. Basically, consoles are extremely streamlined. They're very easy to set up, very easy to do things on. Um, And for most people, that's all you're really going to need. But then, you know, you have a PC. uh, It's a little more intimidating. The UI is not nearly as friendly. Uh, It kind of runs like dog shit sometimes. And you got to you got to mess around with every little thing sometimes. Gee, wow. Yeah, that was that was insane. That was a real headspace head trip right there. God damn it, Craig. He he broke containment. I had a yeah. we had a quite literal uh SCP con- uh, containment breach and so 
Um, he summoned I, Ethan back from the dead yep. with the Necronomicon before we were ready. Yep, I had to put him back in his place, and that's in my basement. So, Uh-oh. Craig, you better not escape again, or else you're fired. One more mess up, and you're fired permanently. Yep. We're getting to that point, Craig. But anyway, it's Rising, not a joke anymore. Yep, Rising Storm Two. Um, we don't know where, honestly, the other recording left off on. Yeah, um, I, I hope it cut off around the Rising Storm Two. Uh, brief synopsis: Rising Storm Two is just Vietnam, the game. Quite literally, uh, it's a it's an indie game. Um, the developers originally did uh, Red Orchestra Two, which Killing Floor a- as well. I think it's Killing Floor also. Uh, yeah, I think so. They did too. Um, but yeah, it's you know, Rising Storm Two is like Seth said, quite literal uh, Vietnam. It's multiplayer it's only. Fun, yeah. It's, it's very fun. It's what Black Ops couldn't do. What it should have been, even honestly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, my game and my computer wouldn't be able to run it. Uh, I would load it up, and it would uh, proceed to shoot itself in the head, and um, yeah, it would it would crash. I would join up a game crash. Or lag really, really, really bad. Um, and the game's not even graphically intense at all. No, it really isn't. I it looks the, like Killing Floor 1. Yeah. I think the only reason, the only points in time where it's graphically intense is when the napalm uh, strikes happen and people are burning and you're hearing the screamings. So, yeah. Well... It's all the the jungle is also very dense in that game, which doesn't help because grass takes a lot of processing power, a lot more than you'd expect, actually. <laughs> yeah, it, it's very fun. Yeah, uh, another really fun game, Company of Heroes Two. Seth has a great time with Company. Of oh Heroes boy, Company of Heroes Two. Yeah, uh, my my grand strategy of. Let's build up four million Russian units and then just throw them at the wall. And that wall would be my uh, base defenses. Uh, yeah. Do one thing. Actually one unstoppable. Uh, I think me and you did a 1v1 once and I had somehow gotten you down to like a corner of the map and you just defended the corner impossibly strong. I could oh, not do anything. Well, it was on that um, uh, snow map, right? Yeah, it's my favorite map. Great map. Yeah, because uh, with Company of Heroes 2, it has a little, uh, you know, game mechanic where as to if you are playing a snow map, blizzards happen. And so your units have to be by campfires in order to not freeze to death. And they will freeze to death. Um, Except, you know, for tanks and stuff like that. Um, Tanks, you know, do not just randomly explode if they're out in the blizzard for too long. Um, And Yeah. yeah. Uh, we would, with our good friend Bryce, um, we would do 1v2s because I thought I'm such a god at strategy games that I could handle two people at once. And, you know, for the first 10 minutes, you know, I'm out on the map, you know, trying to kill Seth and Bryce. And they would just, you know, have the numbers into where I get pushed back to my base and I would hold out for pretty much an hour just at my base. Forever. Like, yep. forever. Yeah, it was insane. And 
yeah, then it would get to the point where it's like everyone's done with the game. Um, and so we would just call the draw. And that's yeah, I, three times. I'm pretty yeah, I'm pretty sure we're still at a draw. There's no definitive winner as of yet. For being real, with it being a two v one and us not being able to topple you, you've kind of taken the win on that, but it's not official. Yeah, but I mean, technically, if we were to do the other game mode, and that's capture three points and do tickets, then you guys would win because you guys would have the map. But yeah, standard team yeah. and death match, you know, elimination. I think I hold that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Probably for sure. Definitely. Yep. Now, if we were to do red game and war game, red dragon, that would be another story. We were to any other strategy game. Crusader Kings 2, even. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. That is the most, like, stupidly complex game ever. Like, I just wanted to invade a country, and I can't do it because I have to, like, make up a reason for wanting to go to war. It's medieval Europe. Just invade. Who cares? Well, the, the only problem is that you did not know how to do it effectively. And the way to do it effectively is to have a high-level um, counselor in order to increase the... Um, the chance of getting progress towards 100% of the Casus Belli. Uh, Casus Belli is pretty much the uh, reason to go to war with another nation. Um, yeah. And, <coughs> excuse me. Um, and then most of the time it's just marrying someone in the other nobility to then declare war on their claims or their press claims. Because there's two different types of claims. There's pressed and unpressed. And so, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Pressed is pretty much you being like, okay, I get this land after the war. Unpressed might be, okay, this vassal gets the land. And then they can become then independent and stuff like that. Um, So, yeah. um, Seth really doesn't understand Crusader Kings 2. No, I don't. Uh, nor Hearts of Iron 4. Hearts of the Iron The one time Iron. I played it. So honestly, Crusader Kings 2 is an easier game than Hearts of Iron 4. Quite literally. Don't you have like a thousand hours in Hearts of Iron 4 or something like no, that? I have um, about, I'd say about 300. Um, Chaz, my older brother. That's an interesting thing. 1,000 hours. Right. Uh, is, more hours of Hearts of Iron 4 than me. Is Hearts of Iron 4 your most played game still, though? Yes. Um, Halo Infinite is the second highest. Uh, I can actually pull okay. I'm going. Yeah, I'm going on my Steam right now. I'm about to check what my highest played games are. Let's do like top five highest played games on Steam. Yeah. Um, I quite literally have a lot of games on Steam that I don't play. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, okay, I have them here. My top five most played games on Steam is Left 4 Dead 2 with almost 400 hours, uh, Skyrim with 250, Gary's Mod with 250, Seven Days to Die with 150, and Terraria with 150. So with me, um, third and fourth place are tied, so I'm going to then go ahead and go to uh, number six. 
Uh, we have Hearts of Iron 4 at 279 hours, Halo Infinite with 124 hours, DayZ and Stellaris are tied at 76 hours, um, Crusader Kings 2 is at 75 hours, and Wargame Red Dragon is at 68 hours. Um, and I have just, I just bought some um, nation packs on Wargame Red Dragon. Um, I bought South Africa and I bought Israel. Wow, uh, you're a masochist, by the way, or a, a self-masochist, I guess. I think that's the right term for playing Daisy for that long. I cannot stand that game. Okay, yeah, um, I have grown to. S- not really be in the mood to play Daisy. Daisy, I have to be in a certain mood in order to Thankfully. want to play it. And this past week, uh, Chaz has been getting back into Daisy, and he keeps messaging me, "Get on Daisy, get on Daisy." I'm just like, I don't really want to play. Um, yeah, because I don't know. It's just one of those games where it's, and I have this with a lot of survival games like Minecraft, Daisy stuff like that, where I just can't play it for too long, or else I get extremely bored. Which is kind of ironic, because I play Hearts of Iron 4. Yeah, I get that, though. Uh, It's the same reason I stopped playing Seven Days to Die. Survival games have a tendency... The only one that doesn't for me is Minecraft, and uh, I think I know why, but... um, Seven Days to Die gets really boring... Uh, Ark has gotten extremely boring for me. I just survival games in general are not very fun. And the only one that doesn't get boring for me really is Minecraft. Uh, and I think it's just because of how well the game is designed or like how everything sort of interacts together in a really nice way. It's not super hard to make progress. Um, it's just an all around very well made game, but I could definitely see why you would get bored with it. Because there's not a whole lot to do if you're not constantly making your own things to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, because really with just Daisy, it's literally just walking. And yeah. Playing, and hoping yeah. you're not going to get shot at while on uh, Noob Coast. There's just not much... Uh, like tangible progression in in uh, Daisy, and that that was the real reason I hated that game, is it was too hard to make progress. And I'm not gonna lie, it's probably a bit of a get good thing, but I have no interest in getting good at that game. It's too hard to make progress, and the progress is not really that tangible. So, yeah, you're talking about Daisy, right? Yeah, Daisy. Yeah, Daisy, in and really. Getting any progress is just finding guns. Quite yeah. And food. Those are the only two ways that you can make progress. Um I mean you can build a base and everything, but bases are mm-hmm. it's literally just wood that you just put in a wall as a wall. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, yeah. this base, I'm gonna have all my stuff in here now. I'm gonna log off, come back, and everything's gone. Uh, we have done that for I think a couple of people where we invade their base. We take about 30 minutes to break into said base and steal everything. And half the time, there's not that much stuff. It's just ammo for guns we don't have. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, the biggest problem, honestly, that I just thought of with DayZ is if you're going to play DayZ, uh, just play Escape from Tarkov at this point. Because it's kind of the same thing. There, you're, you want to find guns, and then you want to get out. And the progress is a lot better, and it's the same thing of hoping you're not going to get shot at. Just play Tarkov. <laughs> or Hunt Showdown, even. As or hell, even Rust. Not, as someone who has not played Tarkov. Yeah, no, but I've seen a lot of gameplay of Tarkov, because I really want Tarkov or Hunt Showdown. Both of those games look really fun. Yeah. I just I don't have money right now. <laughs> yeah, I have played Tarkov, but I haven't put a lot of time in Tarkov because I get to the, I get so pissed off at the game, and I'm just like, you know, I hate this. I hate this. I lose all my guns at this point. I have like no guns, and so I'm just like, well, I have quite literally fucked myself. Oh, I thought of another game that uh, you bought and then didn't play very long. Ready or not. That's another one. That's because I have nobody to play with. It is so boring playing alone. Yeah, I, I could understand that. This summer, I'm going to buy it. So me and you can run it at some point. This summer, I'm probably going to end up buying it. Finally. But it looks really fun. If it's if it's anything like SWAT 4, actually, then it's probably really fun. I think the only problem that you're going to have with it is you're going to hate it because it's not SWAT. That's kind of what I worry about. I'm just going to compare it so much in my head to SWAT 4 that I'm going to be yep. like, well, you can do that in SWAT 4. Why can't I do it here? Yep. It's, it's just going to annoy me. Same problem that you have with uh, Back for Blood is that you compare it so heavily to yep. Left 2. Yeah. And I mean, that's I'm not going to entirely blame myself on that. It's definitely partly my fault. But they marketed that game as a Left 4 Dead 3, basically. If they didn't market it as Left 4 Dead 3, it would have been a fine game. I mean, but they it, really tried to market it as Left 4 Dead 3. Because isn't it by this same company who did? It's Left by Dead? Turtle Rock. And Turtle Rock was only four of the people who did Left 4 Dead 2. <laughs> like, Left 4 Dead 2 had like 50 people in its development team. Turtle Rock was four of the people. Valve did all the big heavy lifting for Left 4 Dead. Well, I mean, as long as you have the visionaries from the uh, company, like Halo, and yeah, I mean that yeah has Josh Dayton, which is pretty much the visionary of Halo. They have him now, pretty much being the uh, campaign visionary dude, and so and, and Halo Infinite has been regarded as you know a vastly improved Halo experience than four and five were. Because because it is Halo, Halo Infinite is probably my favorite Halo at this point, and I it's a good Halo, it's a great Halo, but it does not compete with Bungie Halo, except for Reed. I don't know. I I can the feeling of it. I can get that, but I don't really know how you could argue gameplay, especially for the campaign. I feel like Halo was begging to be a semi-open world game because of just how well the the ring is designed for that. Well, I mean, it 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 original Halo did have some it didn't have as much linear stuff as uh Halo 4 and 5 did. Halo 1 especially yeah. on the uh, well, yeah. Halo 1 had a had some big expanses in it, which was cool. Yeah, like you know, the mission like the second mission 
where you're trying to find all those marine squads, you can do it in any order that you want. That and yeah, silent, it, that yeah. and the map silent cartographer, you can take like two or three different routes to get to the one thing. Then you have to go back, go into the mm-hmm. uh, thing, the door that closed on you because that golden elite. And so, yeah, yeah I, Bungie did have the ability to do open world. It's that they didn't have the technology to do it. Yeah, and that's that's the sad part of it. But uh, I'm I'm glad it's finally got an open world thing. Also, you know the elite that closes the door on Silent Cartographer, you can kill it before it closes the door. Yep, yep. I've seen those. It's, yeah, it's a speed run glitch, and I've tried doing it a couple times. Um, the only problem me that I and have, um continue. Uh, the only problem that I did um, is that I've been trying to run it on Cursed Halo. I've been trying to do the yep. speed run thing on Cursed Halo, <laughs> and it just doesn't work because I get I get like these guns. I'm like, okay, cool, and it's always like the for, the plasma pistol that takes forever to charge, or it's the uh, yeah the triple uh, plasma rifle. Yeah, for anybody that doesn't know, Cursed Halo essentially takes Halo One. And just turns everything on its head. It ruins everything. And it's amazing because of it. Yep. So uh, some of the uh, guns that you can get is the Magnum. You know, the the core Halo Magnum. However, um, if you shoot it, it shoots you. The barrel is backwards. And so whenever you shoot it, you <laughs> take damage. And the only way to deal damage to enemies is you have to throw the Magnum. And then you lose the magnum because you just threw it. Um, another gun is the plasma pistol, um, but it takes like thirty seconds to charge all the way to actually do damage. Um, and then you know, for you reference, got... it usually takes like a second to charge yep. it fully. And then you got the warthog, but however, um, the warthogs are different. You can get a mini um, warthog. Which is quite literally a like a six inch warthog that you get in and just drive like a go kart, and then you have warthog limo, which has like eight seats in it. Um, it's the most asinine shit ever. The grenades are um, are something else. The plasma grenade is not even called the plasma grenade; it's called the plasma bukaki, and that night, oh uh, you throw the plasma grenade and it explodes, but it doesn't explode into an explosion. It explodes into smaller plasma grenades and then explodes. It explodes into like 12 plasma grenades. And so if you're in a small... So it's just a cluster plasma, bomb. Yeah. And then you have the uh, frag grenade, which is a Dungeons and Dragons D20 die, which you throw and any and twenty things could happen. Either a weapon spawns out of the grenade. Um, the grenade goes into a blinding light, like a flashbang. Um, a naked Thanos can appear. Um, I think, I think a giant He-Man can appear too, and it just kills everything that it gets in proximity of. Um. And a couple others. Uh, or it can explode into a plasma bukkake. 
So, yeah, Cursed Halo is quite literally Cursed Halo. Yeah. yeah. It and is, it's all the better for it. Yes, because it actually makes Halo Combat Evolved more fun, unironically. Yeah, yeah, well, that's just because of how old Combat Evolved is. Great game, but it's just, it's kind of aged a, a little bit poorly. Yeah, um, I just can't wait for Halo 2 Cursed. That would be a... I didn't know that was being a thing. I didn't know they were making that. I, I don't know if they're making it. Um, I hope they are. Uh, let's see if there is something of Halo 2 Cursed. Um, hey, Cursed Halo 2 may be in his creative pipeline, but I think he said towards the end of the latest Dark Souls video that he wanted to tinker around with and learn the Halo 3 mod tools. Oh. Uh, there that is, would be fun. There is... Never mind, there's not a Halo 2 curse. There's just Cursed Halo 2.5. Which is just like... Yeah, I see that. Yep. Uh, Yeah. If you are a Halo fan and you have a PC, I highly suggest trying out Cursed Halo because it is just an experience that even though that me and Seth have tried to explain, it is quite impossible to explain. Because there's just so much weird shit that's in it. Yeah. Um, I would say uh, the closest you could probably get to explaining it is like if you mixed Gary's mod with Halo 1, but even then that doesn't really do it justice. Yeah. It's it's a, it's an experience. Um, so it's an with, experience. Yeah. So was Warframe the only topic you wanted to talk about? Warframe was the only gaming topic that I had brought. Yeah, uh, other than that, I've been playing uh, Return to Castle Wolfenstein as well, but there's not much to say about that. It's just classic Wolfenstein, honestly. Um, but yeah, I mean, did you have any sort of closing topic you wanted to wrap up on? Because we are coming close on time. Um, I want to talk about our projected. Um... Um, summoning of Ethan. Um, so oh, yes. I do have the Necronomicon in my um, in my closet. Um, so I just got to find a certain spell to you know hopefully bring back Ethan. Um, I you know I don't want him to come back as you know like a frog or anything like that or like a uh, yeah. I don't want to have my house turn into a phasmophobia house. Yeah. Speaking of Faz, I gotta get that game too, but yeah. Uh, if you do get it, um, then I will play it. However, um, I cannot play it alone. Yeah, I, I'm, I really want to get that game, so I'm probably gonna get that over the summer too, and we can, we can run that also. Yeah, because I don't know if I should run it VR, or just run it as, um, you know, just a standard, you know, PC game. Uh, well, I mean, no, no offense. You tend to not do well with horror, so I think if you did VR, it would not go well. Well, I have already <laughs> tried Phasmophobia VR. Um, I was back over. I was back in Indy over Christmas break because the army actually cares about us um, in that regard, and I ran it on VR in my 
downstairs living room while everybody, you know, was talking and everything. And I was in the living room. Um, I did it. Uh, all the lights turned off in the house. I'm just like, okay, this is great. Front door slammed shut. So I'm stuck in the hallway trying to open up the door. Turn around. The ghost is right there. And I just collapse into a fetal position and just scream. And I throw off the headset. And I'm just, <laughs> just there. It, and so I put the VR headset back on. I look up and the ghost is right there. Like it's about, like I'm about to give it a blowy. And then so I just drop it again. I'm just like, okay, and I shut off my VR. <laughs> that reminds me of um, when Five Nights at Freddy's 1 came out. Uh, I was watching Markiplier play it on YouTube. And uh, the, he got jump scared by Foxy or something. And I had a, I had a box monitor at the time. And uh, it scared me so bad that I took my headset off and I threw it at the monitor. And it like <laughs> chipped the side of the monitor and the headphones broke. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> yeah, uh, horror games I do not like. Um, when I was doing my uh, little escapade of twitch streams i would only play horror games because i felt like that that was like the only way that i could actually entertain um because horror games i i think is more entertaining than watching you know Warzone or apex or fortnite streams or stuff like that for sure for uh, sure also so, you know, I, fortnite streams and stuff like that are like a dime a dozen so exactly and you know, I played games like Blair Witch was pretty much just a psychological horror. Like, somehow went to, like, a burning Vietnam village at one point. I'm just like, how does this have to do with the Blair Witch? Um, and then I played Alien Isolation. I got about 30 minutes in and then uninstalled. Um, because it, it tricked me. Like, within seeing the alien for the first time and then you're having to run to the transit station it starts playing like chase music. So you're thinking that you're being chased, but you're really not. And it tricks you into thinking you are. And so I'm just sprinting to this place and just yelling, open up the goddamn door, you fucking robot pieces of shit. <laughs> and that's I'm, something Silent Hill 2 did also. Yeah. With the, the fake music cues. Yeah. And um also did dead space one for a little bit uh dead space isn't really doesn't scare me that much it's just jump scares and then just weird well yeah there's monsters there's something about um almost any horror game it's the same reason cry of fear cry of fear is spooky it's very spooky but it's not like the most scary thing any game where you can kind of defend yourself against the monster tends to not be super scary yeah. Like Outlast genuinely is frightening to me. It was because, you know, you just have to run. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I did do Outlast for a little bit, too. Um, I actually almost beat it. Like I almost got through it. But I haven't been able to finish it. Yeah, uh, that one I... that one didn't scare you as much as I thought it would, because Outlast scared the shit out of me when I played it. No, well, it's like. I was so accustomed to horror games at that point. Like, I know that something is about to happen. I know that yeah. I have to start preparing myself for it. But with, like, you know, with Alien yeah. Isolation and uh, Blair Witch, 
Blair Witch at the beginning, I kind of went dumb mode because I did not know where to go at the beginning. Well, it doesn't really tell you either. It's just walk through the woods. Yeah, but I there's no path the, or anything, and I couldn't find the entrance. And like the first five yeah. minutes of the game, where you're in that like clear opening, and you're trying to find, yeah, I think you were trying to find something, or you were trying to leave it. I couldn't. I didn't know where to go. the The whole premise was they were doing like a missing person search, so you were looking for someone. Yeah, and then it starts getting weird and starts, you know, spooky. Yeah, and. I feel like the Blair Witch was kind of a shit horror game. It was a terrible horror game. I watched you play like all of it, and there was like, it was really kind of boring, honestly. Bad yeah. game. Yeah, you remember the Vietnam burning village pretty much. Yeah, I mean, just walking through a burning village. Oh no, it's so fucking spooky. It's really bad game, honestly. Yeah, and then the tree. I'm just like, what? Huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, not doing any horror games at the moment anymore. Um, not even streaming at the moment um, because you know I would only get like two viewers. And I did it on Xbox. So, yeah. <laughs> fucking. Did you stream it on Mixer or Twitch? I can't remember. I did it on Twitch. Yeah. Because I I yeah. tried Mixer. I'm just like. Nah, I'm, I'm going to go to the big boy leagues and go to Twitch. Mixer is fucked, too. Uh, when I first bought Red Dead 2, Red Dead Redemption 2, before you and uh, another friend of ours, we'll call him G, um, <laughs> they have this remote play option, so I was letting them play Red Dead 2 over the stream, oh, yeah. and it just bugged the shit out. It was insane. Yeah. <laughs> I remember... I think I did it for you at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So We're done both. That I would click A, and then like five seconds later on my screen, it would then jump, and then I'm somehow off the cliff. Yeah, and then water bottles. Yeah. yeah. R.I.P. Water bottle, my horse. And R.I.P. Pepsi Man, my horse. Yeah, and then uh, G with the juice box. <laughs> the stupidest names for the horses. I I think it was kind of uh you know keck and based. Oh yeah, it was it was definitely not cringe. It was super based. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think the Necronomicon is calling your name, uh, so you might need to go summon Ethan here pretty soon. But it's like, do I want to? Like, yeah, I know. You know, do you could do just I, leave him? Yeah, because I mean, you know, in terms of phasmophobia, you know, he can be, you know, he can write into a little book, and we try and translate it. That'd be a little cool uh, thing to do, or have yeah. even astral projection talk to us, explain the afterlife. Yeah. He can be the residential ghost. Exactly. Um, well, yeah. Uh, I think that ends it for this week's episode of Headspace. 
um, where, you know, we we talk and talk and talk. About around. random shit. Yeah. How you know, entertaining it was to you, not sure, but it was quite entertaining for us, I believe. Yes, uh, because, you know, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, uh, we manifest ourselves into this podcast instead of manifesting ourselves into a social interaction in the real life. Yep. Also, uh, mild uh, kind of shout out here or announcement. Instagram soon to come. So keep uh, keep on the lookout for that. But until yep. then. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that ends it for this week's episode. Um, don't talk to us at all, ever. Uh, we are busy people, so don't talk to us. Yeah, this is the only time out of my week that I have free. Other than this, I'm, you know, going around the world, saving the world, doing secret spy missions. Very busy, man. Maybe not want to say that. Uh, But yeah. I hope everybody has a good rest of their week, even though it's Tuesday. And um, share this podcast because we are trying to grow and grow and hopefully, you know, have this be semi-successful so if you know people who like podcasts share it with them share it with friends share it with family share it with dead animals i don't care just at least get us some you know traction yeah if you know somebody who listens to uh, joe rogan frequently we're kind of intellectuals like that so you should maybe send them uh send us their way uh if uh, you know somebody who listens to that small fry podcast the official podcast those losers um send us you know to that person's way and you know maybe we can take over the official podcast that's who i'm coming after and um since you are shouting out people you're coming after um i am coming after um the big um dumbass stream a podcast misfits a bunch of assholes Oh yeah, they're funny. yeah, those they're guys, mainstream pricks. Yep. But yeah, um, now that our shouting out, uh, our death warrants, pretty much, and our uh, defamation lawsuits, uh, yeah, this ends it for this again for the third time. I've said it. Yep. Uh, yeah. This time, this is this is the end. Um, third time's a charm. It's real this time. The smoothest outro.